Design You Podcast, Episode 3. If you are looking for tips, tricks, and inspiration to keep your life on purpose, join us in my free Facebook community, Create the Life You Want, hashtag Design You, and surround yourself with other people choosing to live by design and not by default. Are you ready to create the life you really want? Welcome to the Design You Podcast where I talk to everyday people who know life can be done differently with a clear mindset, positive attitude, openness to growth, and their willingness to take life to the next level. Get ready to design you. Hi guys, Tina Murray here. Today I'm welcoming to the drawing board Dr. Gail Crosley-Craven. Dr. CC has seen the empowering effect knowledge and preparation has on the human ability to succeed. She has spent a lifetime learning and relearning the valuable education and people principles that she believes are the key to success. Gail is self-made and has a rich background, both experientially and educationally, with qualifications in education, business, psychology, and natural therapies. She brings an eclectic wealth of expertise from the educational, counselling and business arenas. Join me as I chat with Gail about what life has to teach us. Gail, thank you so much for joining me on the Design New Podcast. How are you today? I'm well, thanks, Tina. Thank you so much for having me. I'm absolutely honoured. Oh, beautiful. Thank you. I really appreciate that you're here and would love to know what are you doing to be designing your best life? Well, my life is ongoing and I'm forever a student. So that's how I've always viewed my life. And I'm an educator, counsellor, consultant. So I actually try to do that with my own life as well. And I guess I have a a string of degrees, but it's because I have a, um, a thirst for knowledge and feel that I want to learn more. I want to be able to be the best I can be for this phase on earth. And it's a short phase, so I've got to pack it in. (laughs) (laughs) So how are you packing it in? What does that look like for you? You've talked about you love education. So Mm. what is packing in your life all about? Well, I treat myself as a client. And so that's something that I have recently learned that Prior to that, I would just say, okay, I need to do this. I need to be educated in this. I need to have my fitness of this. I need to have my nutrition as this, all facets of my life, which I I do still. Mm -hmm. However, what I try to have is life balance of our work, life, and just appreciating exactly what I'm doing at the time of when I'm doing it, Mm -hmm. rather than thinking about you know, so many years to come, which is what I used to do many years ago because I'm just (laughs) goal-driven. So, and I realised that you don't have to be quite as as passionately goal-driven because you miss out on some of the journey on the way. So, I try to be in the moment and I try to think about what, what are some gaps, some skill gaps, whether they be personal or professional for me. And so, I do like a skills audit on myself and um, to use a HR term. <laughs> and uh, yeah, so I, I basically practice what I preach on myself. And that way, I guess it's sort of not hypocritical as well, what I, what I do and what I advise. Absolutely. And, and yeah. I think people who are coaching people do need to practice what they preach. 
But yeah. what's this skills audit? Tell us about it so that we can do something similar. Okay. Well, I guess, I, you know, you live with yourself 24-7. So you've got to pretty much be okay with yourself in all facets of life. Mm-hmm. So each of those facets I take apart. So I would have, for example, my nutrition. I think unless you feed yourself properly, how can you possibly perform? How can you possibly think? And so that's quite important to me. So I always start off with a, a cook breakfast every day of my life. <laughs> I'm coming to your house. Awesome. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, fresh farm eggs. <laughs> oh, wow. My, my girls lay them. <laughs> and, um, yeah, so I start off with a nutritious breakfast and just as I said before, being in the moment of, you know, that this is actually going to feed me, it's actually going to allow me to be that better person that I can be, be the best I can be or whatever that means. Mm. So, and I do that with, you know, sort of, I'm not, you know, fastidious about what I eat. I love hot chips, by the way. Um, (laughs) For breakfast? (laughs) So, a bit naughty. No, no, (laughs) later on. Um, yeah. And um, so I do that. I try to do some form of exercise every day. So it might be walking and um, yeah, just that sort of thing. Appreciate outside and the nature of what we have. In my own skills, I think to myself, what do I give my clients? What What is it that I do for my clients? Mm-hmm. I'm a firm believer that if you're going to say something to a client, if you're going to advise them, you actually have to have knowledge first off about that, in-depth knowledge about it, not just read a, you know, a one-page wonder and then think you're, you know, the, the guru. Sure. Um, but you actually have to know what you're talking about and then um, back it up with having had experience of that as well. So that's what I try to keep true to. And then I, I love movies. So the balance of, of my life is watching a few movies a week and, um, you know, dive into that. Um, yeah, you know. But yeah, and so. so how can people, how do you, people really get to a point where you found something that you love, the movies, and you know about your nutrition and all those things really make you mm-hmm. tick? But we're all different and that's what the beauty of design you is. It's everyone's specific. We've got to design our own yeah. lives. What is it? How do we tap into what that is for us? What's something that you use with your clients so they can work out what it is that's right for them because it's not necessarily right for someone else? Mm, That's for sure, Tina. I think if you, when I work with a client, I actually, you know, have a, I just say that I chat with clients Mm -hmm. and whatever chatting means, um, (laughs) the types of chatting. (laughs) And so what I would do is talk to them about what makes them tick. Tell me the life, a day in the life of Tina, a week in the life of Tina. You know, tell me about yourself. What have you done in the last month, in the last year? What would you change? Mm-hmm. What would you tell yourself now that you from, you know, five years ago, you know, the, the new you, like the now you, yeah. and then what would you like the next you to be? And then we work out the steps of how to get there. And that's really individual. Uh, for some people, physical activity is a chore. And to tell you the truth, I make myself do it. 
<laughs> but I know that it's good for me. So, um, you know, there's some things that I actually prefer not to do, but I used it as well. It's a chance to get out and fresh air and all those sorts of things too mm-hmm. and or listen to something as I'm walking or as I'm doing something. So I sort of do a bit of duality of what I do. Yeah. Um, some people call it multitasking, but I'm not really sure that that's what it is because mm-hmm. um, I think multitasking, something has to give. I agree. You know, do two things really good at one time. So it's just utilising time a little better. That's why I usually listen to an audio book while I'm doing something else. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so, I mean, some people, they say they're very time poor or they're in perhaps a relationship that's no good for them and they don't know how to change things. I mean, essentially, I go back to the, to the fact that, you know, you have to live with yourself 24-7. And so, you know, it's about our attitude to things, the way we think. Our thought process is going to affect our attitude. It's going to affect our way of speech. It's going to affect our actions, our decision-making, the people who we attract, mm-hmm. the people who we know we don't want to be around. Mm. And so I work with clients in that capacity, mm-hmm. you know, about their thoughts and, and they think it's a little bit weird, I think, sometimes <laughs> at first, you know, asking, well, what do you think about this? And, yeah. you know, to try to get them to realise that, Rather than just me say, well, you know, you're thinking and then you, you know, you talk and then you make decisions and then you regret those in what you said and, mm. and go back to your thinking. And, um, so our perception of things, our, our core values goes back to way back there. And some clients, they don't want to know all that, but the fact is I know that. And then I, I guess massage the, the session so that the client then does get a, the idea of, ah, oh, aha moment in mm-hmm. that, yes, it is the way I'm thinking and, oh, yes, that's why that relationship's broken down or yeah. that's why I don't get on with that person or that's why I don't like to do that anymore yeah. um, or I don't fit in in an organisation anymore, you know. So, and, and it's great because they're starting to get to know themselves. Mm. So when they start to get to know themselves, then we start unpacking the parcel they're, they're of them and to find out what that, um, you know, that core is, what yeah. makes that core tick and in all facets of their life. And before they know, you know, they're doing lots of things that, that perhaps they hadn't done for years mm. and, um, you know, feeling great about it. And then other things fall into place, I find, yes. um, which is great. And that's happened with my life as well. That sometimes, obviously, I've gone and, um, you know, really do uh, have explicitly sought out things to um, to achieve. And then other things fall into place because of that. Mm. Yeah. But I, th- I imagine, though, uh, with you being so into the concept of understanding your values, that the things that you are searching out to go and learn about, I imagine, mm-hmm. are in line with your values anyway, because you are aware of what they are. So. Yes. Even though you're explicitly going and looking for them, they still suit what it is that you want because you're aware of that. How That's can, right. I've always come, the whole design new thing for me is all about values and really knowing yourself inside and out. Mm. And how can we help people to really get in touch with that? As you said, a lot of people haven't seen the value in it. They don't actually, we, a lot of us just go through life with not really mm. getting in touch with us. Why do you think that is? the first part of the question and secondly what can we do so that we can actually 
get get deeper because it's scary to go deep. It is. It is. You have to be prepared to first off see what you see. You have to be prepared to accept what it is that you find because if you don't accept it, then you can't possibly change. Yeah. So you, you acknowledge something and that's part of the reason I think why some people don't like to acknowledge mm-hmm. is because then once you acknowledge something is not okay, you have a choice. You know, we all have choices, so you have a choice. Do I stick with what I know is not working for me mm-hmm. or do I have a choice in changing? Mm. And then what's that change going to look like? Mm. Um, will I like the new Gail? Will I like the new Tina? You know, and that's the thing is that, um, and it's fear. People, I think, are fearful of what they may become. Will they fit in with their family? Will they fit in with their friends? Will they fit in with their organisation? Mm. What will the new Gail look like? And it doesn't mean to say you just change overnight. No. You know, where, as you know, we're perpetually morphing. We're morphing into, as we age, we're morphing into our phases of life. And I think that, you know, there's, it's part of just growing, growing. And, you know, I have some clients saying, oh, you know, I'm too old to change. And my response is the classic, you're never too old to change. Are you happy the way you are? No. Well, you know, change. Mm-hmm. Um, let's do something together. So it is that I think out of fear, people may not want to. And as I said, that that fear of what they might lose or what they might realize mm-hmm. that they want need to lose. And sometimes it's need to lose the job, change job. Maybe it's need to do more study. It might be to change the way they parent to change the way they communicate with their partner. It might be changed the way that, you know, it's not working the way that they're being treated. So then it's trying to either, you can't change someone else. All you can do is change your attitude toward it. Mm. So you either change your attitude toward the way you're being treated or just say flatly, I'm not accepting that anymore. That's up to you to change, but I'm not accepting it. So it's, it's being strong, you know. There's a big level of responsibility with that too. That's really stepping up into your power, which is tough. Yeah. And if yeah. you choose to leave a job uh, or you choose to explain to someone you don't like the way they're treating you or you choose to change the way you're doing it, there's responsibility in all of that because it affects not only us, but it potentially will affect other people as well. So how can we manage that? Because is that part of the fear? It's not just a fear for ourselves and what might happen for us, but it's about the reactions of other people as well. Mm, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. I think well thought out things. I think you need to think about why it is that you don't fit in the organization. Is it your core values that's changed or is it the organization has restructured? You know, I was a HR manager for a period of time in my working life. And so there's changes that, you know, are out of your control. Mm-hmm. And so you think, well, does the person fit into this new structure anymore? And it causes stress. Yes. Um, and if it gets to a point where it's so stressful for the person, then it's time to change. Or it might be, you know, if they're, supervisor or manager, whoever, might be 
approachable, then they can actually chat with that person and say, well, you know, okay, how do you see I best fit in this organization now? I have these skills. I'd love to use them. You know, is that a, is that in your plan for me to be able to use them? Mm. So there again, it takes strength to do that and confidence to do that. Now, the difficulty is, Tina, is that if you are the manager (laughs) and or the CEO or or the partner in the business or that sort of thing, Mm. and this is changing and that it's not quite working for you. And that's where I guess what I find is mentoring. We all need mentors. Sure. And a mentor is like a great sounding board, what I've found in my own life. And, you know, people come in and out of our lives. Mm -hmm. And um, so you might have, you know, like a mentor for finances, a mentor for, you know, our future life or, you know, that sort of thing. I don't know. But as someone, and that can actually help as well. So I'm not suggesting just you know, handing a resignation without another job to go to because that causes stress mm. and or just, you know, leave your partner because it's not working for you. Mm. That causes stress yeah. and financial, you know, change as well. Sure. So it is really about mapping out, doing a bit of a brainstorm with yourself or with someone else mm-hmm. to, to see, well, okay, why is it that I'm not fitting in or why is it that I want to change? Is it me? Can I just change my attitude and way of thinking? Or maybe I don't fit in because I need more skills and therefore it's making me feel uncomfortable in my job or even just in a relationship. You know, I need more skills to communicate better. You know, that that sort of thing. I mean, I go back to the, the thing that we choose we have so many choices. We mm. just go through choices our whole life. Yeah. And so when you keep choosing, you know, there's decision-making all the time and it's about why you're making the decisions, the way you're making them. Mm. Is it the same sort of decision-making process that you go about, in which case then it could be the same sort of result that you're getting all the time. Absolutely. So different ways of deciding and it's um, perhaps, you know, changing a way of how you decide things, how you process things even. Yeah, and even about just being open to new perspectives because, as you just said, often we get caught in the same rut and we're repeating the same thought processes and because of that the same situations are recurring and recurring in our lives. So how can we get past that and think differently? What is it? I know often when we're forced to ha- to change, we do start to open up and see things differently, but we shouldn't have to get to that point where we're smashed against a wall before we take some right. take some action. So how can we change our perspective uh, perspective at times? How can we open up? Yeah, I find reflection mm-hmm. is a wonderful thing. Mm-hmm. I use it myself. I have done probably, I would suggest, the majority of my life. So reflecting on the day, reflecting on the week, yep. reflecting on the month, reflecting on the year, and I don't mean to always live in the past because it doesn't have to be a long process, sure. but just you know, a quick thing, what were three things I did well today? What was three things that I could have done better? Mm-hmm. and or how can I change things, although I wasn't happy with then, you know, why was that the case and can I look internally, can I do something rather than he did this or she did that or the, the organisation did that, you know, the buck stops with us. And so I think it is about taking that responsibility yourself and say, okay, 
wasn't real happy with that. How can I change things so it won't happen again? Mm. You know, it's about how uncomfortable you feel in something. If you feel uncomfortable, something's wrong. Absolutely. Something has to change because I don't know of anyone who likes to feel uncomfortable. Um, <laughs> well, and, in maybe, fact, but. and in fact, we go out of our way to move away from discomfort. So often coming back to what you were saying about our thoughts, we have a thought that something might make us uncomfortable so we don't actually do it. So yeah. it works both ways that being uncomfortable might get us out, but our thoughts about being uncomfortable might just keep us back in that rut. That's right. So it's coming back to thoughts. we're comfortable in it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, if you, and that's why people are sometimes stuck in a job for Mm. 40 years. Mm. They hate the job. Mm. They're not treated well. They're not paid well, perhaps, but they're comfortable in that job because the fear of change can be worse than the uncomfortable feeling that they endure and suffer every day. Mm. The same with relationships. Mm -hmm. Um, You may be in a horrible relationship that you despise. You despise each other. But because of all sorts of reasons, it may be family, it may be, you know, religion, it may be, you know, just being comfortable in that situation, it may be finances. And so you won't change that situation. So, you know, it's it's really a double-edged sword, that one. Because I'm not saying for people to, you know, leave relationships the first time it, you know, they break down. Of course. What I'm saying is it's about changing the attitude toward that. And can things change? Is something so insurmountable that change could never happen? So, you know, it really is about reflection, I think. And, you know, how am I thinking? You know, we all can think positively or negatively. You know, is the glass half full or half empty? <laughs> I'm a half full sort of gal, always have been or mostly have been. So it's, you know, and believe me, life isn't always easy for me either. And so there's things that, you know, major things that's happened in my life and I grapple sometimes to find the half full glass, Hmm. but it is still having to find the half full glass. Otherwise, the, the thought of having the negative is a very slippery slope. And I think that then that permeates and just goes through everything in our life. And I go back to the work-life balance. Mm. Um, if you're negative in your work life, chances are you're negatively, you're, you're negative thinking in your private life as well. Sure. And that doesn't lead to a happiness. No. It's interesting. I was recently uh, met, met up with someone that I had worked with in Adelaide. She'd, she'd come to some of my events there. And we ended up getting together and I, we, over texting every day, we'd send an appreciation of what we appreciated about our day. And what I really enjoyed and what she really enjoyed about appreciation rather than gratitude is when you're in a lower level of energy, jumping up to I am grateful for this is really hard for a lot of people. Whereas appreciation is a much softer, simpler, just I'm grateful that I got out of bed and put my pajamas on. Uh, sorry, I put my clothes on. You know, yeah. Just it's it's not reaching for those stars, and it's just that gradual. How can you get there? But what we really found in a week of doing this, we just tried to tried it out for a week, is in 
bouncing back and forth with what we appreciated each night about something that had happened. She had her car was in for service and she said, you know what, I really appreciate my car because it gets me from A to B and now that I don't have it for two days. Now, what that changed for me is, I mean, I started to appreciate my car. My car was just something that I put petrol in. That was it. So it's a mechanic once a year, but now I appreciate my car. So the bouncing off of each other, you learn about the simple things in life that you, you actually can come to appreciate. And as I said, I prefer it to the gratitude. I love gratitude's awesome, but gratitude always seems to be a lot more external and it often seems to be this big, Oh, I got to find something that I can be grateful for. Whereas appreciation's the simple things. Very much so, Tina. Yeah. And even just the thought of, you know, taking it step down a bit too, just thankful. I'm just thankful. Yeah. Thankful for the rain because I don't have to buy water. Thankful yeah. for, you know, the the cloud because I don't get sunburned. Um, you know, all those sorts of little things, whereas, you know, oh, it's a cloudy day. Well, yeah, it's a cloudy day, but, hey, I don't have to wear a hat. Um, yeah. You know, just those sorts of things too. Sure. And um, there is something in that because, it just sets you up for the day. It sets you up for the night. You know, the first thing before I get out of bed is that I I do the three things that I'm thankful for. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And, you know, and just it's going to be an amazing day and just have that positive thing before my feet hit the ground. Sure. And, and that sets me up for good things. Mm-hmm. Whereas if you think, oh, no, I've got to get out of bed, oh, no, you know, like that's negative straight away. Sure. Oh, the, you know, the alarm's gone off. Well, you set the alarm to begin with. Of course it's going to go off, you know. <laughs> it's, it's wonderful it's gone off. It's woken you up. You're able to get up, you know. Yeah. So it's it's just changing the thought process, I think. And yeah. um, and it's a habit. You know, yeah. we are a collection of habits. Mm. We, that's all people are. It's yeah. a collection of ongoing habits. And for... Um, the majority of people, notwithstanding if there is um, medication involved or other substances involved, but it takes anywhere between five and, and ten days to change a habit. Okay. So that's um, that's worth remembering. So we might think, oh, you know, I can't do this. Well, you can, but you need to practice that habit and then it becomes a new part of you. And mm-hmm. so you have that habit within your life as well. So seven to 10 days, that's not too bad. Some people a little bit less, but to really have it embedded for continued practice. And, um, you know, that's not months and months. No. Notwithstanding the other things, but, um, you know, just for uh, a regular person. Well, why do you think we don't do that though? Because otherwise we we could all be perfect. We could all be eating properly. We could all be going to the gym every day. <laughs> we could all be having these awesome habits. So we have this amazing life. Mm-hmm. Why are we not doing it? What do you think holds us back? I think, well, I think we hold ourselves back. Mm -hmm. I think we hold ourselves back. We are responsible for us. You know, I am responsible for me. I'm responsible for my success and being not successful for all aspects of my life. Mm -hmm. Um, So I think that it's easier to maybe for some people to be where you are because you know where you are. Yeah. If you start changing, then you don't have something to complain about. (laughs) That's also something that I hear uh, from clients. And it's easier to be where you are because you know where you are. Your friends know you. 
And as I said before, sometimes when we change, we find, you know, we notice the very thing we don't like about ourselves, we notice in someone else. Sure. And it becomes more evident. Mm. Um, We attract who we are like. And if we are around people who we're not like anymore, then Mm -hmm. we don't have as many things in common. And you find sometimes that the conversation that you have with people is a certain type of conversation Mm. and that's based around the collection of both people's habits and the way that then they connect with each other is um, a set pattern. Sure. Yeah, so that's, I think, why people don't change. Um, and it's it's a big decision. Some some things to change is huge, you know, especially if it means that you don't fit in with friends and family anymore. That's right. Um, you know, with young people, I think that it's easy for young people to still want to fit into or find their place. And so with doing that, then they might choose to swear, they might choose to drink or take drugs or whatever it is to fit in. Mm-hmm. And then that's their place. They've decided that. And then when they change, when they try to change, things are a little bit harder and they don't fit in anymore. And it's mm-hmm. like, well, you know, then, you know, the, the sort of rubbishing of some people, it starts happening. So then it's easy to just stick where you are. So it is, It's yeah. also, though, that other people expect us to stay the way we are. And I was talking at an event the other day where we were talking about exactly that. If we've behaved the same way for 35 years and our brothers and sisters have seen us behave that way, when we do change that, often they're going to try and pull us back to be in a place which is comfortable for them because they're used to Gail, Tina behaving this particular way and it ruffles their feathers when we've changed. And so it does take a lot of strength, as you said, to be able to keep going with that and it takes a lot of compassion too to understand that those people are going through a hard time too because we've chosen to change and it does have a effect for them. If you've always reacted a certain way and you're suddenly not, it's a shock to them and it means that might be challenging for their behaviour too. That's very true, yeah. It's a little bit like um, tall poppy syndrome in a way too, mm. I think. Um, there is a little bit like that. You know, some people it's the green-eyed monster yeah. and, you know, it's like, well, I want what she has and, uh, well, it just doesn't come overnight. You know, it's a work in progress for all the life. So, yeah, there is that as well. And you're right. It does take compassion. And rather than go on the defense, mm. it just takes compassion and thinking, well, you know, this is who I am and I'm not changing back into something I don't want to be anymore. Mm. Um, you know, we choose a way of life. You know, we choose what we wear, we choose how we speak, we choose everything. Whether we know it or not, we do. Absolutely. Yeah. And I think, you know, especially for some people, and and I've had clients like this, that they don't want to be stuck in where their mum or dad was with their life. They want to make something of themselves Mm -hmm. when they feel that their parents haven't. They want to do travelling overseas or, you know, working in a higher level or earning, you know, more or bigger house if that's important to them or, you know, those sorts of things or not having, you know, five children, just having one or none Mm -hmm. and that's okay, you know. So it's those sorts of decisions and, and breaking away from what the family norm is as well that is very difficult because 
you know, we're in our culture, we're, I guess, programmed to, to be a part of our family and to, and that's important because sure. that's where we belong. And when you change where you're going from where you were, where mm-hmm. you belong, then you have a crossroad. And sometimes a crossroad is very difficult, especially when, you know, it's been a troubled family mm-hmm. and one of the members decide that they don't want that way of life anymore, mm-hmm. that they don't like, that makes them feel uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. And, um, and it means essentially for some people breaking away from the family when it's so, so, so bad, and I'm talking quite, quite level bad here. Of course. So, you know, that, that it may be that decision that they need to make and it may removing, be removing themselves from even a place of living, a town, to another city that may be just enough for them to be able to cope with it yeah. and, um, and the opportunity, new opportunities, et cetera. So a new start, a fresh start for some sure. people. Well, it yeah. sounds to me in amongst that, there's a few things. You're right. People do need to be connected. It's a basic human need to be connected. And if we are going to move away from our family or a group of friends, we need to find another area to support us and to feel connected with. Yes. Uh, it sounds too that you're talking about people's why. They need to understand why they're doing what they do so that they can take that action. So when it gets tough, and especially if you're talking moving towns like you're talking about and that support network isn't there, you need to really know why you've done it and really understand that so you can yeah. take that step and keep the strength up to keep going. Because one of the things I discover, I, it always amazes me how we are all looking for happiness, but there seems to be this belief that we need to be happy all the time. And life's not like that. Life throws us curveballs. <laughs> and what, it, what is it though that makes us believe that we should be having this perfect life when really it is ups and downs? It's mm-hmm. a, but it's about maintaining that. I don't talk about happiness. I talk about a sense of contentment. I think if you're content by default, mm-hmm. it's this happiness that people are really, really searching for. But contentment deals more with the everyday, the ebb and flow of life whereas happiness is this high and we can't maintain that. I walk on the beach every day. The tide's different every day. It's in and it's out. Sometimes it's raining. Sometimes it's not. Nothing, we talk about change, nothing stays the same and the beach is the perfect reminder for me every day of that. Mm, so how can we uh, get the the strength to um, manage this change that we we choose to do? Is it internal? Do we need to ask for help, a bit of both? I think both. I think at all, at um, some time in our life, we all need someone. Like I was saying before about, you know, mentoring mm. someone. Um, and I don't mean necessarily in a formal way, but, you know, maybe bounce things off a friend or something like that. That may be it. But I do think that the internal voice is very powerful. And when the internal voice is, needs to be positive all the time, and it can't be, of course, we know that. But there is that, you know, you're saying about happiness, the opposite is sad, mm-hmm. happy, sad, good, bad, those sorts of things. Yeah. And you're right, there is that medium of contentment, contentment in that I feel sad at the moment and that's okay. Yes. I'd be sad forever. Contentment that I feel excited, I feel happy, I feel that sort of stuff and that's fabulous. Mm-hmm. Um, I think when you have, when you're passionate about something, 
and you, you know, have a deep love for something or someone, you also then have the, the opposite capacity that the hurt is, is there quite deeply as well. Absolutely. So, you know, that I think it's getting to know yourself, um, know why you want to do something know you know why you want to walk on the beach every day Mm because it's a constant reminder for you it levels you and we all need things that level us you know but it's being conscious of that leveling Mm. that ah I feel at peace I feel happy I feel you know calm and that so it's knowing yourself I work with um, some clients who I give them a feelings um, journal Mm -hmm. and it's you know looking at you know, tick the box. Are you calm? Are you feeling calm? Are you feeling balanced? Are you feeling at peace? Are you feeling uneasy? Are you feeling unhappy? Are you um, feeling angry? And then scales to each one of those things as well, one to three. Mm -hmm. So that can be actually useful of triggering awareness of feelings. Because I think sometimes when you're not used to it or skilled in doing it, it's like, well, I'm happy, so what? I'm sad, so what? You know, and you know, it's really not that simple. So, not if you want to actually really understand yourself. Yeah. Uh, which goes back then to the very one of the very first things you asked me was about a skills audit on yourself and on mm. people. It's getting to know the ins and outs of you and of, of yourself. That's really what it's about. So, you know, you're right that, you know, I think contentment is, is something that's really good to aim for, mm-hmm. whatever that means, um, not to be confused with being like bored, you know, like a, you know, that sort of, <laughs> oh, my goodness, I'm contented. Oh, that's so simple. <laughs> Absolutely. Life's simple. You know, like, life can be simple and life can be complex mm-hmm. and it's our choice of when it is and, you know, how complex it is. Maybe we like the excitement of complexity mm. and which is okay as well. And that's the differences in people. So, yeah, so it is a really a choice. <laughs> yes. And so if people made, wanted to make the choice to get in touch with you, how do we do that? Well, you can phone me. It's on the website. So my website is drcc.com.au. Because it's Dr. CC. Yeah. Yes. I, I branded it. myself that way. <laughs> I yeah. Love it. yeah so that's basically it I'd love to hear from people yeah so it'd be great and if you're going to leave something with us so we can go out and design our best life what would that little nugget be mm, good question I think that you are your best and most valuable investment you have to live with yourself 24 7 make every minute count and make every dollar that you spend on yourself count Mm. that's probably it I love it so it's really <laughs> about a whole lot of self-worth yeah definitely yeah. definitely yeah I run a, a a course it's called self-acceptance and it's difficult it's a difficult thing to do is to self-accept sure. as you are yep and yeah so that's it. You are your best investment, your most valuable resource in the world. That is a beautiful message. I think that does need to be spread to the world. And absolutely, we've all got something different to share, haven't we? So that's the beauty of it. And it's appreciating that. Absolutely. Yeah. Gail, I've really loved chatting with you. So thank you so much for joining us. 
and I look forward to chatting with you further. Thank you so much for having me, Tina. It's been an absolute privilege and um, I've enjoyed it. Are you ready to create the life you want? Pop over to tinamurray.com to grab your free copy of the Design You Cheat Sheet and start creating the life you want right now. Thank you for joining us for another episode of the Design You Podcast. You'll find the show notes over at tinamurray.com. Can't wait to see what you create as you design it, communicate it, and live it.